0: on the decentralized side, which I really, really like, but it can be very, very sophisticated because instead of this centralized entity or intermediary that involves humans and software, DEXs are just software. It allows peer-to-peer transactions directly from your wallet without going through an intermediary. So you are always in control of your keys. And so this is a great way to Combine self-custody with the ability to have a platform to exchange one asset for another. Welcome to Tech Intersect. I'm your host, Tanya Evans, and my life and work exist at the heart of law, business, and technology. Yeah, I've earned a few fancy titles and degrees over the years, but the bottom line is I'm a writer, speaker, teacher, and lifelong learner, and I'm really excited that you've joined me on this journey. So what is Tech Intersect? Well, it's authentic, empowering conversations with really interesting guests who demystify complex topics to prepare you for the future, because your future is now, and it exists where law, business, and tech intersect. Get ready to listen, learn, and leverage. Let's get started.
1: Hi, Alicia here. I'm Tanya's producer, and I'm just hopping in real quick to let you know that this recording is from November 22nd, 2022. It is the audio from her Putting the X in Exchange workshop. In the show notes, we'll make sure that we include links back to the FTX episodes since this masterclass audio dropped before the SBF was arrested. So just keep that in mind. To learn more about the things discussed in this episode, make sure that you go to YourSecureAdvantage.com for a deeper dive into how to keep your crypto assets safe in this crypto winter and in all
0: crypto seasons. Here's Tanya. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm really excited about this because it's so important and it's something that I'm doing constantly, managing wallets bobbing and weaving with the headlines of exchanges. It was incredibly disappointing to see this epic fall of FTX, not the least of which is because I had the lead of policy on my podcast maybe a month ago. Mark Weijin was on the show and invited me down to DC Tech Week to actually meet with him and Sam and some other folks and they had invited me to be on this policy alliance. I had just said yes and literally 24 hours. I was like, by yes, I mean you no. Know, this is ridiculous. And to have my name associated with anything that goes left is just not acceptable and puts so many people at risk. And the one thing that I am happy about in some sense is the impact on Bitcoin and ETH in particular. The pullback was, you know, it can look kind of dramatic when we've had prices of Bitcoin above 20,000 and then a pullback to like 16,000, 17,000. But there was so much speculation. There was so much speculative value with people really jumping on with price speculation, a lot of newcomers who were in, and they have shaky hands as well. (laughs) So people who are looking to make a quick buck. If things go remotely bad, they're going to pull their money out. And we kind of settle into the slow but steady growth that I hope for Bitcoin, ETH, and a lot of the other prices are impacted because thousands of those projects and tokens are complete BS. That's why you don't hear me talk about coins and tokens above and beyond Bitcoin and ETH. They're fully decentralized. I do not get anything whether they go up or down other than my own personally, excuse me, personal participation, we really have to start being very savvy and critical about how we analyze our participation, other things. Do I own other tokens? Absolutely. Things like Filecoin and where I know the people, I know the project and I know that they're compliant and that they're actually building something that's not complete BS and actually building something. (laughs) Right. I could create Tanya coin tomorrow and convince a a community to get excited about it. But what's the point of it? If you're not improving upon what already exists in the market, or you're not working to solve some type of challenge or make things better, faster and cheaper, whatever that thing is, whether it's in the environment, electricity, decentralized file storage, I really like projects like that. What's the point? Wasting money. So we're going to get really savvy, talk much more about that. And I have more to say. I have a slide deck to share today to kind of take us through, but think about the wallets you're using right now, the perhaps centralized exchanges where perhaps some of your crypto is, is parked. I had some, I moved almost everything off of exchanges and I actually really like Gemini, but heck, I like the guys over at FTX for a second. We are not keeping our crypto on centralized exchanges. A really, really, really compelling reason, right? And there are some great and compelling reasons. We've talked about parking your crypto in order to maybe in the DeFi space to generate a loan. But there are other ways that we can do that. Facilitating cold storage wallets. We don't, there has to be a compelling reason to be on a centralized exchange. I don't care which one it is, point blank and period. And I use Gemini a lot and I like him. And I like the Falls the twins, but I don't know them. Right. So we are going to double down on the entire point of crypto, which is to lean into self-custody. But it is not without its challenges. And I'm not going to you know, blow smoke to, to just say, well, this is the way and it's simple to do. You have to stay on top of this. Um, I'm going to introduce this topic. We talked about it, I think, last, the last time that we met as a club to really focus on continuing crypto education. And so I'm going to really lean into that. Okay. So for those of you who have gone through my secure advantage, taking a couple of modules out of that to focus specifically on wallets, the diversification of wallets, to go through a reminder of the different types, and then to support you if you either want to move your crypto from one wallet to another or the point of this session to move it off of a centralized exchange and onto your wallet. And I'll talk about some other wallets I'm using now. Then that's really the point of this. So, slight refresher. You're already familiar with the basics of crypto. And so, we're not doing that part. We're really focused on the technology. And then I have some best practices to share now. And so, let's just talk through that. So, here we're talking crypto custody, the wallets that I am focused on now. And then let's help you, you know, support you in moving in whatever way you want to move. Particularly if you started with me for the first at least year, probably year and a half, we started with the Bread wallet because it was super easy to use. And then Bread was acquired by Coinbase. I don't mess with Coinbase. It's a legitimate centralized exchange. It is public It was the first time, as an aside, and and make a note of this if you weren't aware, it was the first time people became aware that Coinbase, if it had to file bankruptcy, like FTX is filing right now, if Coinbase had to file bankruptcy, part of the assets that would be at risk is all of the crypto (laughs) that people send to Coinbase that is just sitting there. It becomes part of their asset portfolio because It's no longer yours. It's just an IOU. And if somebody files bankruptcy, you're probably not going to get paid back. And you're certainly not going to get paid back before the major players who were investors and who secured their debt with the assets of Coinbase. And it was always in the fine print, probably. But the reason that people started talking about it is when Coinbase went public. It was the first time most people learned that because even lawyers don't read all of the fine print. And to compare that experience to FTX, FTX was the same, but they never disclosed that. And there's a lot of other stuff going behind the scenes. So this is the reason anything that you're holding long term or if you have sizable assets, or even if they're not sizable today, our idea and our goal is really to create generational wealth and to preserve that over time, to not become susceptible to the whims of others. And that's what happens to systemically marginalized people all the time. We get our Tulsa and then somebody burns it down. Have that mindset when you think about centralized exchanges so that we can start to empower ourselves. So I'll take two parts of the secure advantage. I'll remind you all of, of the things that I've talked about before, but we're going to focus on too. And of course, the lawyer and me must remind you, but you already know, that this is a highly volatile asset class. The value of cryptocurrencies can go up as well as down and and sometimes dramatically so. They are not covered by financial compensation schemes like the FDIC, although if you are dealing with centralized exchanges, there are some that will create their own system, but it's not backed by the government, so you should be aware of that and that this presentation is for informational and educational purposes. All right, you already know who I am, law professor at Penn State Dickinson Law, co-hire At Penn State Institute for Computational and Data Sciences. I've been an attorney since 1998. I started when I was two, as you can tell. I'm the host of Tech Intersect Podcast, and I'm definitely winning in the space, whether we're going up or down. My life personally has been transformed by strategic and key moves in the crypto space, and I want to Help you learn from all of my mistakes so that you don't make them or that we definitely can move forward past them quickly. You all already know about digital currencies in the crypto space. And for those who are new to the space and watching this later, if you are already using Venmo or Cash App or PayPal or Zelle, you're already familiar with moving digital representations of value back and forth. You're already. We're all doing it. You swipe a credit card. It's very rare that we are actually touching cash at this point. The difference with cryptocurrencies is the digital encryption that makes it more secure, that can make it more private. People may know your public wallet address, but they don't know you, and they don't need to know as long. And, and financial privacy, as long as you're doing things legally, there's a lot of power in financial privacy because the best way to know about someone is to see the uh, ledger of their bank transactions. That tells the tale Mm -hmm. (laughs) more than anything else. So it's really important to have encrypted means of transferring value that sit outside of a centralized monitoring system like a government or a private corporation like mm, FTX. You know that this requires trust and the trusted intermediaries like a bank or some governments that I don't see this system that we're talking about now replacing that. But the trust is not in people, but in processes, processes that are public facing and can be vetted, that are not stored in the centralization of power into one particular person or group or entity, but shared the information is shared across a community that works together to verify the information based upon software-enabled rules. Andreas Antonopoulos has this great saying, we want rules, not rulers, not the dynastic wealth that can be centralized in the hands of one or a few But really, and Andreas talks about this too, he was on my podcast early talking about Bitcoin in particular to be for the other 6 billion people, not for the few people who uh, have benefited from wealth, dynastic wealth, that they passed down from generation to generation. You know that blockchain is this means of this time-stamped, how shall I say a time-stamped record of transactions and balances. We can have a lot of sophisticated ways of, of describing it, but at the end of the day, that's what we're talking about. It's a database. It's a database or record stored as software of transactions and balances. It's time-stamped and it is secure. Oftentimes when you hear about hacks, it can be a blockchain. It's never been The Bitcoin blockchain has never been the Ethereum virtual machine, although there have been some patches that need to happen. Think of how often you get a software update for a phone or a program. So that's not a problem. It's the very nature of the software evolving with a good core of developers who are beholden really to the community, not to one person. It's commonly, it being blockchains, commonly applied to cryptocurrencies, but it could be used for other Bits of information as well, also referred to as a ledger, not controlled by a centralized party, but managed by a network of computers all running the same software. If you hear jets in the background, I hope I have my noise canceling going on, but I'm near an Air Force base, so (laughs) it seems that the pattern is going over this house right now. All right, and you've heard me refer to blockchain ledgers as like a group text. As long as one person still has it on their phone, there's a record of those exchanges. Now, multiply that or extrapolate that out to millions of computers, and you can see the benefits of a shared agreement of one central source of the truth and the veracity of transactions and balances. So let's hit the um, secure advantage. And while I'm going through this, I hope you have in front of you a list of the wallets that you are using it might just be one, it might be just be one wallet in one exchange, but it may be many. I have several. I have some that are warm or hot. I have cold storage. They're in different places in the world, depending upon what they're holding. So start to think of that. And I don't think that you need to have a hundred of them. It makes it difficult to keep up unless you have a, a means of keeping up. And if you do, that's fine too. A lot of people I know who hold a lot of crypto break it up like that. That's fine. But at least, and if you only have one, that's actually a good thing, or a few, because it's easier for you to start to have really good habits about maintaining the information of your wallets, your exchanges, etc. You'll also be able to do this, and this is the reason I talk so much about a tax tracker we use, primarily Coin Tracker, and I'll say, remind you all about that uh, towards the end. That's another great way to manage all of your wallets, and at the same time, you will have access to the tax documents that your CPA would need. Or if you are filing yourself and you use something like TurboTax, something like CornTracker integrates seamlessly. It's made things so much easier. You have got to keep these records because at the end of the day, you're the taxpayer and many CPAs don't know what the heck is going on. And so at the end of the day, if they make a mistake, it's still on you. And so I will continue to remind you each time we meet about the different ways and the best practices for maintaining your records. One of the questions I received in advance was just they'd heard about sexes or centralized exchanges, so sex C E X, or decentralized exchanges, DEXs or D E X, and what the difference, the similarities and the differences. So at a high level. Exchanges, just like a stock exchange, the platforms that facilitate the trading of an asset, one asset for another asset. They do it in pairs. I'll show you an example of it if you've not seen kind of the sophisticated trading platform. A lot of platforms like Coinbase or Gemini, I imagine Kraken. I'm actually reintroducing myself to Kraken because it's one of the strongest centralized exchanges that actually encourage you to take your crypto off of the exchange. They're like, we are an exchange. You're exchanging one asset for another. And then we believe in cold storage or uh, self-custodied crypto. So get it off our exchange. I think that's really responsible. I feel like we've talked about it before, but I'm going to start talking more about Kraken. So let's um, keep that on our list of possibilities as well. So centralized exchange is an intermediary between buyer and seller. They are pairing a willing buyer and a willing seller of two assets. Sometimes it is Bitcoin for Ethereum. It could be anything. They're 21,000, almost 22,000 now, different types of coins and tokens. But that centralized entity creates wallets for you on their platform, but it's a wallet for purposes of your individual ledger on their entire system. But you don't control that crypto, as I mentioned earlier. It's kind of like an IOU. You send it from your wallet onto the exchange and the exchange says, I see your, your transfer onto our platform, your individual balance, kind of like a bank does when we are putting things in and out. And when the exchange is made or you are withdrawing off of that exchange, then your individual ledger is deducted from, but that centralized entity is the one that is handling it. And for the purposes of the exchange, They take it on as if it's their own asset, not your keys, not your cheese, not your keys, not your crypto, not your coins, not your whatever, however you want to say it. It's not yours. It's an IOU, kind of like a dollar, but I digress. (laughs) They make money through commissions and transaction fees. It tends to be a much higher fee, although not as bad as banks and some other ways that we move value. But obviously- They're going to make commissions off of the sale or the the exchange, excuse me, of those assets and the transaction fees. All of those things, generally speaking, are very transparent, but they're going to be more expensive than a, a, a DEX. And I'll say more about that. Centralized exchanges are matching buyers and sellers. They do it via an order book. They have a list of sellers. They have a list of buyers. The ticker is going constantly. I've learned a tremendous amount, not only through my own trades in crypto, but also from Terry Geoma's trade and travel program and just learning more about stocks and stock, exchange, stock exchanges and trading. That has helped me, even though I'm not a trader, I'm not a day trader. I do some stock swing trading, but I'm, I'm definitely not a, a crypto trader. We have that trusted intermediary on the centralized side, on the decentralized side which I really, really like, but it can be very, very sophisticated because instead of this centralized entity or intermediary that involves humans and software, DEXs are just software. It allows peer-to-peer transactions directly from your wallet without going through an intermediary. So you are always in control of your keys, your keys, your cheese. And so this is a great way to combine self-custody with the ability to have a platform to exchange one asset for another. DEXs generally don't allow you to do crypto to fiat exchanges. So they're not great for onboarding, particularly as a U.S. citizen. They're not great for onboarding. But once you're in the crypto system, then going from one with automated functions that are usually done by humans now, fully by software, by smart contracts that are automating the performance of the trades. And so there's far more financial privacy and way less in terms of the costs. Uh, we, all, we call that slippage, less slippage, more privacy. And so DEXs certainly have their place. Uniswap has matured quite nicely in the space. DYDX or DIDEX, uh, that's what I say, but some people say that, uh, DYDX. I'm not familiar with Kyber, but I saw it when I was preparing for this presentation. I am familiar with PancakeSwap, but I've never used it. I have used Uniswap. We can talk more about that in the weeks and the months to come as we lean more heavily into support for self-custody and for a range of ways to do exchanges as we do our continuing crypto education. Interested in the future of wealth and digital assets, but think they're just way too complicated? Well, just a few short years ago, I felt the exact same way. Look, digital assets are tech and finance-driven, but one, I'm not a computer scientist, and two, I'm not a financial guru. But I am a lifelong learner, an educator, and focused on generational wealth and not getting left behind in the new digital cash economy. I've carefully curated the best practices based on lessons learned so you can easily get started and do so safely, legally and confidently. I created the first blockchain crypto and online certificate program and then created Advantage Evans as an online academy to empower folks like you and like me who want to learn how to onboard without getting scammed or stuck in YouTube university. In my free masterclass, I show you my six step secure advantage framework to get you started on your journey towards the future of wealth. Or if you're already on the road, but need to reassess and rebalance, refocus and prepare for the next bull run, I'll share best practices, tools, and strategies without all the carnival barking. I'll show you how to take control of your future and create a plan that puts you in the driver's seat. It's not about timing the market. It's time in the market, not to get rich quick, but to build a solid foundation that endures over time and generations. Don't let another moment or bull run pass you by. Join my free masterclass today and receive my Secure Advantage Toolkit. Quickly learn the smartest and most updated methods in the digital cash economy. I won't be offering this masterclass for long, so secure your spot today. You're ready to grow. So let's go. Prepare for your future today. Join me now by going to advantageevans.com forward slash masterclass. That's advantageevans.com forward slash masterclass. The one final thing is you're on your own. There's no customer service. So if it goes badly or you send the wrong asset to the wrong wallet, it's out in the great beyond and there's no, can you reverse that? It's game over, right? Everything we're talking about, I literally have made these mistakes. They are painful. I actually don't have any music or TV on when I'm moving assets. I block my time. I measure twice to cut once, right? If I'm moving something larger, I'll send a little bit first and make sure it's right. Like when I was setting up a new wallet, I now, uh, my warm wallet, my preferred warm wallet is Trust Wallet. I like it a lot, but it was, I was setting it up just from scratch. And it was good for me to do that because as I was preparing for this this session, I wanted to feel what it was like to begin again so that I could put myself in your position to make it easier for me to see how it could potentially not go so well. And that was good. This is what I wanted to show you. This is from, this is not my account, but it is um, an example of what the active trader looks like in Gemini. And there was always so much going on that I was quite intimidated when I first started to like figure out what is going on. What are these lines? What are these columns? What are these wicks on? Now I know that they're candles. The way that it is set up most, and so this is called Active Trader in Gemini, but I imagine that most look something like this. When Coinbase had Coinbase Pro, it looked a lot like this. There were far fewer pair trade uh, trading pairs But if you've never used the more sophisticated version of trades, and maybe you're just buying or selling at market price as opposed to setting limit orders, in 2023, we're going to get a little more granular about how to get comfortable. This is the way that sophisticated traders, both in the crypto space, or you don't have to be a trader, but when you're making a trade in the crypto space, if you were on an exchange for stocks, for example, this is what it would look like. We have to get comfortable and more familiar with the language of finance and of investment. So instead of saying, I don't know what this is and it's too much, let's just lean into it. And so that we become more confident as we're moving through, getting to know words like the spread and what that means and whether you're participating in an auction, et cetera. I don't use some of these more sophisticated things, but I've learned what they mean and and at least why they're there why it's set up where I find my open orders how to cancel an order so we'll start working on more things like that because it's one thing to buy and hold but it's another thing to have something in exchange one for another and and I want us to do like both and not either or you know we've talked about this caution when storing your crypto in exchanges, and, and hopefully you understand more why that is a concern given what's happened. It's just like, you know, this is not particular just to crypto. It's the reason that the FDIC, when you're talking about dollars, came into being when there's a, a run on a bank. Everybody can't get their money out because we actually, our reserves for purposes of dollars, there's not a one-to-one for every single Person. If every single person went to your bank today, there's not enough money for everyone. Because when we deposit our money into our savings, let's do savings and loans, into a savings account or even a checking account, the reason that it takes three to five business days or 14 days to get your money back is they actually lent it out, probably back to you to buy something at a high interest rate. And then they keep the difference. So, you know, I've had six figures in a bank account only to make less than $10 of interest.
1: You love listening to podcasts, but have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Maybe you want to build a brand, grow your business, or are looking for an excuse to talk about your favorite hobby. Whatever your reason for making a podcast, Buzzsprout is the place to start. Since 2009, Buzzsprout has helped over 300,000 people launch their own podcasts. Buzzsprout walks you step by step through the whole process and will give you powerful tools to start, grow, and monetize your podcast. Ready to get started? Click the link in the show notes to get our free step by step guide to starting your podcast today.
0: Whereas I could have, let's say, I don't think it was more than 10,000 equivalent in various coins on a platform and earning interest. And eight months into that, it was a thousand dollars equivalent. There's just no comparison. That's one of those things it's kind of like a compelling desire to have something on an exchange, but there are other ways that we can access interest and, and things of that nature while not having it on a centralized exchange. So in future sessions, we'll continue to talk about that, but just have great caution. It's not that we don't do it, but you have to go through the process. Uh, what are the Boxes to check to say this is good for me to do for a limited time and then stick to it to be sure since 1929. Sad but true. Okay, so some of the steps to think about when you are analyzing where you're going to secure your crypto, whether that is on an exchange for some limited time and a specific purpose, or more importantly, for your own wallets. It's just generally assessing what the risks are of where you're holding your crypto. Every method and means of storing crypto has a risk. Every single one, even the ones that I prefer, like cold storage, has risks of losing not only the actual hardware, as long as you still have your seeds, and we'll talk about that if you don't understand what that means, but certainly if you lose the hardware but have your seeds, you can restore your account on another device. You, you have your hardware, excuse me, you lose your hardware and you lose your seeds, it's game over. You'll never have access to that anymore. So, that's a risk of self custody, to be sure, no matter if it's a cold storage wallet or an app on your phone or a program on your computer or paper. Some people just still maintain their private keys and their seeds on paper. They call it a paper wallet, which really just looks like a piece of paper to me, but it's fine. So, the other risk is not just of losing access to your assets, but also the risk of the value. We don't talk about it as much, but you might have control over your assets, but you are buying a super risky token. It's more risky than crypto in general. And then it's here today and it's gone tomorrow. So the risk of value loss is important to keep track of. And that's why you diversify. Diversify your portfolio Diversify your wallets. Diversify your exchanges. So if any one thing is not chugging along, you know there's always a balance. When something's down, something's up. You have access to one, so keep that in mind. We're diversifying. Backing up your access and your transactional records is critically important. If you haven't set up your Coin Tracker wallet, please use bit.ly or bitly forward slash Coin Tracker Advantage. You can set up a free account, but that won't give you access to a tax account. You can buy a tax account with that link at a discount, and it's already reasonably priced given what we're doing. Use that link. That link is also in our clubhouse if you haven't already done that as well. And CCE, I don't really hear people using that term, so I think I'm going to trademark it but it probably is merely descriptive, but let's see how it goes. Continuing crypto education is key. That's why you all are here. And it's not enough to just buy the course and not check in over time or get the course, just get the club and not keep up with all of the best practices. This space moves quickly. A great example is what I said earlier about many of you starting with the red wallet that we moved on from. And if you still have your assets on bread, there was this window of opportunity to do some things. I think you can still move it. I can't remember, but there was a compelling need at the time to move things off of bread. The two things that I want to take a closer look at is number three and number five of my secure advantage method. So the secure advantage method starts slow, educate with facts, not fear, uncertainty, and doubt, or FUD. The Importance of cold wallet storage, and we're going to talk about that here more specifically. Using secure internet, of course. Review your seed words. We will talk about that in this session as well. And exchanges, of course, are no place for your crypto, and that is the theme of the session today. So the cold versus hot wallets, this is really, really important about the different types. So getting clear. And it's not about using only one or another, but understanding the different types and the idea of cold versus hot or warm. Cold storage is not connected to the Internet unless and until you connect them like a ledger or Trezor. There's some others that keep key. There are about six. I think I want to buy one of each just so I, you know, just so I have them. And it'll. I'll be a better educator if I've used them all. So they're like six that. Seem to be commonly recommended. Ledger and Trezor are the top, and then there's everything else that are still solid. So let's keep those in mind for sure and become even sometimes people say if you have large amounts, you should have it. I'm of the opinion that you should use it whenever so that you get into the habit of using them, right? I'd rather have like $10 worth of BDC on a ledger and then be forced to use it than to have everything on the line. And that's the first time I touch a a cold storage wallet. That's not a good thing. Versus hot wallets, so things that are connected, the way it's described is they are slightly less secure because of any issues with connection. But when I go through the secure advantage, that's a free masterclass for everybody. And I encourage you to share it with your friends and networks too, because it takes them through each part of this to get people more familiar, but you could have, you know, an app on the phone, you can have a program on your computer. Those things are connected and slightly less secure because of the, any potential security issues on the internet will impact a warm wallet. I've knock on wood, never had an issue, but that's not to say that other people haven't. You may be more susceptible to malware and things like that. If your computer is infected and people can have access so the review for your seed words, when you set up your wallet, no matter what type of wallet it is, there will be, sometimes it's called a seed phrase, a series of words. It is generally 12 or 24 words. This is what how you should manage them. I re- recommend you get a safe deposit box or a safe that you keep in some place if this is in your home that you get something that is fireproof as well. Then safes are relatively inexpensive. You can get one that of course, if somebody's really about that life, they might carry it out of the house. But the thing you do with thieves is just to discourage them because they have a little bit of time to cause mayhem. It's like if they're walking down the street and every door is locked, yes, they could break the window or they can open the door that is unlocked, right? So you just make it as difficult as possible for somebody to get access to it. And so this is what, you know, they'll just be randomly generated words that are connected to your specific wallet. That means if you have a warm wallet and you have an app on your phone and you lose your phone or anything that happen to an application, these words will allow you to set up your wallet, which is your communication, your connection connection, to the specific blockchain for a specific asset on any other warm or cold storage wallet. So we should think less about the wallet and more about the access to your account. The wallet is the thing that allows the connection, but it's not really about a specific one.
1: It's about more than just wealth. It's about crafting life experiences, seizing opportunities, and building a legacy. Subscribe now to the Make More with Matt Heslin podcast and join us every week for new expert insights and inspiration.
0: But it's really, really important that you secure your seeds. Seeds are life (laughs) in the world, for the food that we eat and also in the crypto world, seeds are life. Your wallet will take you through this process of writing down all of them in order. So it's not enough to have the words, but you have to write them in order, which is what you see on the screen as well. So it wouldn't be good for you to put a loan, which is in the number one position and number 24, because the words would be out of order. You have to print legibly (laughs) because if something goes wrong, it's not going to tell you, oh, you got number one or number eight or number 10 wrong. just going to be like, sorry, no access. That will be maddening, I assure you. And so keeping those is going to be really, really important. And that is part of the risk of loss that we talked about with self-custody. But you can do this. We've been indoctrinated to believe that we have to trust others more than we trust ourselves with our own money, with our own value, with our own resources, with our own assets. So then we become beholden to these others and we rise and fall based upon our ability to trust them and their trustworthiness. And so that's going to be really, really important too. Sometimes you'll set up a wallet and you will have access to the alphanumeric string that is your private key that you should never, ever, ever, ever share with anyone else in the same way as your seeds, to be sure. If you have access to that, you would treat it in the same way. It would be like giving somebody your password to your bank account or the key to your house. So you have to be careful there. And then you keep them in two separate places. And you can make copies of these and put them in multiple places. I know people who cut it up into two or to four sections and keep them separately. That kind of mimics this idea of having a multi-sig account, right? So one person has one to six, the next person has seven to 12, the next person has 13 to 18, the next 19 to 24. And it requires them all to agree <laughs> in order to make a move. So that mimics a multi-signature wallet to affect a transaction. And I like that. It's the blessing and the curse, of course. It's like, it always, you know, I'm divorced. So it would seem like a good idea. It's like, honey, you keep these two and I keep these two. And now, now we need lawyers. Now we need lawyers. So pick your person wisely. But that's a story for another day. (laughs) We're going to jump into the actual movement from the exchange to a wallet. But this presumes that everyone has a wallet and may have an exchange account and they want to move something. And I want you to your action item after this is to actually move from one to another. I want to remind you all why we're doing this. We're doing this when I think about median wealth, not just income, but wealth. Right. When you think about your assets minus your liabilities and you net it out, that median of wealth is staggering when you compare all families to white, Hispanic, black and other. So some combination probably or those who didn't report. But it is staggering to think that the white average wealth of nine hundred twenty nine thousand eight hundred dollars more influenced by. Families of means over time or the ability to not start over from generation to generation. And even if it's, you don't have to be daddy Warbucks in order for this to make sense. It's someone who has a family owned business and a home that is passed down. The ability to access equity in a home that is purchased you know, by moms and pops in 1929 that still has value to the family in that one house down the shore or pension plans and retirement benefits. But because of the inequities in the housing market, in the education market, even income and ability to access the things that create generational wealth are far less. And so this is why you see reports of Black and brown communities, women, queer communities leaning into something that even though it's highly speculative, even though it's new, Because it presents a new opportunity to own a capital asset with capital appreciation and depreciation. You'll experience gains and losses. But people who are really winning in stocks, they win when the market's up and they win when the market's down. It's just a different strategy. But they're in the game. And their assets are working harder than they are. If you are trading your time for money, you will never win. It's one of you and it's 24 hours in the day. And some of it has to be with your family and sleeping and being healthy and minding your business and traveling and resting and leaning into joy and balancing mental wealth. As Anthony Ware says, if you don't know, that was a nod to him. um, Yes, I hope you're following him because he's doing some exciting things. You all want to be high performers. You want to be ahead of the curve. And even though Bitcoin was introduced in 2009, you're still ahead of the curve. You're here with me. I'm sure you told people that you were going to participate in this. And some people said you were crazy and you're wasting your money, but you know you're not. But we have to stay involved in continuing crypto education. We have to stay ahead of the curve. We have to focus on scaling our businesses. We have to focus on asset appreciation and accumulation. We have to focus on building in this generation so that the generations that come behind aren't starting from scratch. Because there is no such thing as starting from scratch. You're way behind. Think of how quickly the world has moved in the last 20 years, 30 years. So clearly the future is now. You hear me say that all the time. We are learning. We are protecting. We are earning. It starts today with taking control of and ownership over your future and your assets. And so that we can be in the best position to pivot. I'm thrilled to be connected to Arlen Hamilton, who believes in the system and even bought my program, and then invited me to share that on her platform at Harlan's Academy as well. The shift that we are doing in 2023, it used to be when I first created the Academy was, you know, self-guided, prof-led experiences supported by live sessions. What we're going to do now is the, the hybrid experience of really leaning into community, leaning into the learning, and then being supported by the modules, the modules don't leave, but you have to go through to edify your understanding and strengthen your position. And also just know that those things are going to be updated as we get more information. When you know you know, know better, you do better. And when you have new information, you get to make a new decision. And this is what so many people who have come through the program, whether they're alums or continue to re-up, either in the club or the content, why those who are most successful really lean into the intellectual curiosity of being a lifelong learner, which will make you a more informed earner. And that's what we want to do as we move forward. And so I am really excited to move into a space where I will be doing more high engagement for a series of committed investors who are really committed to this idea of generational wealth and continuing crypto education I call it my, to uh, continue the analogy to my tennis career, my former uh, professional tennis career, the Grand Slam Circle. That sounded right. And it's a top tier all access, so more access to coaching opportunities with me to do things like we're doing right now on a more regular basis, based on a lot of the talks that I'm doing and the policy work that I'm doing because regulations are changing. You all will be the first to know that because most people don't do the work that I do. Most people aren't as plugged in or engaged to also have this educational platform to share in real time a lot of that work that I'm doing, a lot of the papers that I'm writing. I have a book that's coming out next year as well. So this is a really exciting time to be in the club and to learn as the modules are slowly being updated as well. And with that, Anthony, talk about what you're doing, sir.
1: Oh, I'm doing so much. Um, no, thanks for your time. And, and love this, got some notes for, for what I need to to do here over the next weeks and months. Greetings from Stockholm. Like, first off, I'm excited to to start helping the community here. And it's a natural transition for me coming off of being a steward with the ENS, which is uh, Ethereum name service. So the .eth names, if you've seen those. And so, coming up being a steward, and now being able to put the time I was doing there to help with the community, so I'm stoked about that. For me, like what I'm doing is, I, as Fresh Seven mentioned, I, I work on mental wealth and have been focused primarily on entrepreneurs over the last three years because of the murders, of George Floyd, and. Even beyond that, what happened with the Asian American community and, and just all the hate that was going on. And employees needed help. So I worked with employee resource groups in companies like Culture Amp and Amplitude and speaking around that. So this past week, I launched kind of a course around not kind of, I launched a course. <laughs> uh, you know, up, yeah. <laughs> and, um, Launched it uh, using, uh, as you mentioned, a bup sale, which is something I learned from Arlen Hamilton. And the goal was to take what I've been using in corporate and make it something that people can do without me. And I'm still I'm learning from Tanya and Arlen. Like, there's going to be some extra surprises that I throw in there. But the whole goal is to make it as accessible to as many people as possible while still running a business. Because bills got to be paid um, and wealth has mm-hmm. to be dreamtied. But the mental wealth is, you know, the net of it is we all have mental health from the time we're born to the time we die, just like our breath, just like our physical health. So why not do things like mental wealth deposits? I call them to accumulate mental wealth because good times happen and bad times happen. That's the human existence. <laughs> there's no, there's no getting out of that. But when you have that wealth, just like your financial wealth to help you move through the bad times and the challenging times. i not sure that's challenging. So, yeah, so that's what, I, that's what I'm focused on and making it international, which is why I'm in part why I'm over here in Stockholm, because, um, you know, having meetings, connecting with folks, and enjoying being in another country. So
0: Love it. Outstanding. Well, obviously, I'm thrilled that you are a valued part of my community and you were on Tech Intersect early as well. I think I have to have you back. To see all of that. And I've always believed very much in that idea. And a lot of times when I think about what I'm building, that if what I'm building isn't informed by mental wealth and you know emotional balance, then it's not worth building. So I hear that. First of all, I love a good trademark. So I hear it <laughs> when I'm making my own decisions. So you should know that. All right. We are done today. Get out of here. I will get on my to dos. You all think about any to dos that you need to do and the action items that you're going to take today and consistently over time so that we get very organized and supercharged as we move out of 2022 and focus on 2023 and beyond. But don't get too far ahead of yourself because, you know, we only have one moment. The past was one moment. The future is going to be one moment. We're always in a present moment. And so let's take what we have right now to make the best decisions that we can. And uh, let's do it together. Thank you so much for listening to the Tech Intersect podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you love it, please tell the world. If not, Go ahead and tell me. And in either case, drop a comment or ping me on social media at IP Prof Evans with the hashtag techintersect. And finally, a quick reminder on digital safety. There are a lot of scammers out there impersonating me and others, and I need your help. Now hear this. And remember, I will never slide into your DMs to say peace and blessings or hey and I will never reach out to solicit your time or your money on social media like ever. I'm not a trader. I am an educator and an attorney licensed in four states. Thank you very much. I'm here to inform, inspire, and empower. No cap and definitely no Forex. So be careful, make good choices, and remember, I developed an entire free masterclass about the topic of digital safety in the crypto space. So check out secureyourcryptobag.com for more information. That's secureyourcryptobag.com. All right, that's all for this episode. Until next time, continue to shine.